Namaste. I have a, a guest that you all know about, uh, Vivek Agnihotri, an important filmmaker from India and an activist. Welcome, Vivek. Thank you. Thank you, Rajivji. It's a delight to be here uh, and thanks for your invitation. You know, I also wanted uh, your wife, Pallavi Joshi, to be here, so it would be a three-way uh, thing, but maybe next time she must come. Yeah, sure. Uh, actually, Pallavi is a fan of yours. And she's the one, let me tell you this secret, she's the one when the book arrived at my house, Breaking India, which is here, she was the first one to read few chapters and she said, Vivek, have you read this book? So when I told her that Rajiv ji has invited, she was very excited. But then I, uh, somewhere we got lost in translation, so I'm sorry, next time she'll come. So Pallavi, this is a formal invitation to you, you have to come next time. And you guys have to stay here and we can then do a lot more conversation and discussion. Thanks, and thanks for thinking about what's happening in India. Thank you. Yeah. So since our conversation a few months ago, which was by the way, a very big hit, the, the discussion was a lot of people loved the story of what you were all about. Yeah, yeah. So since then, uh, what are some of the new things that you're doing? Um, Rajiv ji, after the film, uh, it was just a film and I thought my job is over about uh, raising awareness about Naxal barbarian, uh, barbarian uh, ways of... But then I realized that somewhere, a very, in a very organized fashion, the media started discrediting me. More awards we got, like after the interview I did with you, uh, then they started trolling me. Every time people recognize your work, they start to discredit you. And then I said, if they are doing this, somebody has to fight it out. So I sent a, a team of my boys and I invested uh, uh, in that and we made a documentary in Bastar. And Tell for, for people's benefit, where is Bastar? Bastar is in Madhya Pradesh, the Red Corridor. Okay. Bastar is a place where in thousands of years no development has uh, reached there. Can you imagine they don't have mobile phones, they have no modern development, they don't do not let people build roads. and the so-called activists, urban naxals, who I call them urban naxals, people who want to fight for this cause, but they are also fighting development at the same time. And that's where I think the whole confusion. So I send these people and we have produced a documentary and we have so many stories have come out, ex-naxals, people who were in naxals and they have come out, the women who were tortured, I don't know to use the word, but who actually were, uh, they, they were robbed of their dignity. And all those stories have come, these are gut-wrenching and it has given me a purpose and a mission. And so I have on, at urban level, I am fighting them individually. On the other hand, I want these documentaries and these things to come out so the people know exactly what is happening there. I wanted to understand more deeply what was happening. And my idea was to speak to Naxal people who are actually on the field killing people and the ex-Naxals, people who actually joined and realized it's not worth it, they came back and the political act. So a cross section and also the cops, the police, which is working day and night and getting killed. And what we realized was that these people, see there, you have to understand media, when we say media, we generally think of only English media. But there is a lot of regional media which is doing very good job. And I asked my boys, you send me all the cuttings of newspapers, every single day shoot them and send them to me, whatever news is there. And Rajivji, you, you can't believe it, the news we read in English, the news we read in Hindi are two different things. 
absolutely different things. About two different worlds. Two different worlds, Bharat and India. Yeah. But the unfortunately, the problem is with Google. When you Google, no Hindi report comes. All and you read is all these westernized. And that's why we need to have our own Swadeshi Google. Of course. We I China, like China has. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge thing. I keep talking about it, but that's another conversation we should have sometime. Yeah. 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 yeah but continue, please. So when whenever I uh, try to do something, I raise my voice against uh, uh, these people. There is a bunch of five, six, seven, eight people who are journalists, or activists, or whatever, or communist-leaning people. They come after you. They mob lynch you. They absolutely mob lynch you, and they try to discredit you. Mm. But like you, I'm also inspired. So more they fight me, more I want to do these kind of things. So once this documentary comes out, let me let me warn everybody. It's really going to reveal so many things which so tell us India has never of, heard about. So tell us a, a sample scene that you think is quite outrageous. First of all, every time the news comes that Naxal people have killed somebody or uh, they have killed some CRPF jawans, and people say, "Oh, 50 people have been killed," or sometimes they say, "Okay, some." I mean, when two, three, four people are killed, nobody cares about. But nobody is telling us. Nowhere in English media you will find they tell you how they kill them. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you how they kill them. Uh, when all these politicians of Congress party were shot, uh, Vidya Charan Shukla and all these people, the entire Congress group was shot by them. What they did, and recently the CRPF jawans, what they do is first they attack them, disable them. Then they cut their organs while they are alive. They cut the bodies My open. God. Take the liver and the different parts of the body. They take out literally with their hands. When the guy is alive, guy guys are alive. They have just disabled them, broken their legs or something. After that, them they just open the fire, and they shoot them fifty, hundred rounds of bullets, and then they get the hammer, and then they break their skull and everything. And after that, they sit around and they sing and dance. I almost have it like almost like cannibalistic, almost bar. I mean, it's pervert. Really I mean, bar this is barbaric. inhuman. So this is, and the strange thing is that these are the people who are championing human rights against Hindus. That's where I uh, think see, the biggest. Uh, <laughs> that's an opportunity there. Hypothesis. You have to you have to really show that this is these are the barbaric people going around the world selling their services as you know policemen keeping the. human rights of indians and exposing atrocity literature this is the worst kind of atrocity literature we ought to be developing yeah and that's why i said so i said i'll i'll create this literature in visual form yes. and i have these people on record saying i have so many ex nexel saying all these kind of things and one thing i had uh, when is this footage going to be available publicly uh i think in next couple of months of our post production let is almost know. over let me know because we would like to popularize it let, oh. let people know this is what's going on thanks thanks for uh, your help because this needs to be see what is the problem is that what is happening in bastar not anybody knows about it because they do not what is the filtering process there are people at every stage something happens in bastar bastar just for the audience i'll tell you is uh, in chatisgarh and by the time news comes to raipur which is the capital which comes in hindi then it comes to bhopal now english newspapers start taking it over from here right and they start filtering they just they don't tell you how it is happening what is happening like a small a small one year old child they got a hammer broke the skull open of the child in front of the parents it's so barbarian i mean it's gut wrenching right 
have you ever i challenge you will never ever read about this in uh, right, right, right 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 yeah this is this is the fact that it is happening is horrible the fact that it is being censored and not reported is worse the fact that the people who are doing it and those who are behind it are even uh, championed as uh, human rights advocates ah uh, yeah and the, they never talk about the human rights of police they also have human rights just right. because they are crpf doesn't mean they have, don't have human recently those 56 people were killed just one uh, one and a half month ago and when i wrote how they were killed exactly and i put up video also where people have said how it was done then these three four ladies they came after my life and they started attacking me abusing me and uh, to an extent a normal person will get scared and will back off so do you feel we have a weakness in the hindu society that we don't want to face horrible things happening to us we want to make it look like sab theek hi hai koi baat nahi we want to we want to sort of downplay the atrocities we are facing sharam aati hai bilkul see see hindu pride let me tell you i am a proud hindu and uh, i am a son of freedom both my mother and father were uh, freedom fighters so i am a very proud indian also but whenever in last 10 15 20 years i have seen anybody wanted to uh, talk about hindu cause or hindu pride he was made to feel so regressive as if he is doing it's a crime so you are the champion you took you had the courage you did it but an ordinary boy and girl who has just graduated is fighting for his survival those people back off thinking these are intellectual people maybe they know better they have created that kind of an There's image an insecurity themselves. yeah so i will tell you since you talked about me i will tell you the courage comes from having been successful in their world ruled bossed over them yeah. by that i mean the modern westernized indian True. looks up to the americans yeah. as sort of the role model of success and maybe we'd become like them and maybe they'll endorse us but i had hundreds of such americans working for me yeah so i i can i'm a boss their their boss i can hire them fire them throw them out uh, uh, get market share from them defeat them in their own game having done that at a very early age i i there's no reason for inferiority complex in true, dealing with them true true so i think we need the the people who have been very successful in the corporate world yeah uh, some of these big shots today uh, they need to take early retirement and invest in this that is what we need we need more people who who are willing to let go of the rat race hmm. after being successful because they have nothing to fear they have nothing they don't want anything further they should get into this that's a very unique way of uh, putting it and i really admire absolutely i'm uh, i think what is the yeah people who have some influence some power they are shying away from using that influence they're, they're, it's almost like you know i know i know people who got huge amounts of wealth power success everything for them a small investment small percentage investment in what we are doing would make a big impact yeah. they are afraid of being associated yeah. even though they have, they really want nothing else in life they've got everything yeah. uh, you know but somehow they they have this inferiority complex maybe or this fear of some something may go wrong so chup chup ke baat karenge kya ha aapse milna theek hai you know you must yeah, be facing yeah, yeah. off the camera they off talk the camera we talk else. but you know ye baat dalna de don't don't put it on you know that yeah 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 it happens with me so often yeah. they will on social media they will create a facade yeah. and they will play to that yeah. and when they meet you independently then they say something else right. so the same secular people right. okay who say you know i don't believe in hindutva and this and that i wouldn't like to name but of somebody who's in journalism and the so called intellectual of the society and 
So, uh, this gentleman has been writing a lot against the new government and about the cow politics and he was making Hindus look like some very regressive people and he writes for international media also and I happened to meet him in a, a private party and after some time we were standing in the corner and I told him do you know that this the cow thing is not a Hindu thing alone because it is a very cultural thing in UP, Bihar and in this entire belt, even Muslims look after him. He said, how do you know? So, I quoted my example. I come from a village, my father actually, we come from a village, there is no electricity, there is no uh, drinking water, no nothing, no roads. When my father died recently, uh, so I had to call some properties and all and I realized all these cows which have been like over 7, 8, 10 generations all these 15-20 cows are being looked after by the Julaha, the weaver and weavers are always Muslims. So, a Muslim family looks after them, treat them like their own children. So, this myth that all Muslims eat beef and all Hindus uh, are against it, I think this was all created and he admitted to me that he said that 90% of the news you read about cow, actually we know nothing about it, but uh, we have some set narrative and we just keep propagating that. So, this is the hypocrisy of these people. Privately different than publicly. Absolutely, yeah. So, you mentioned that uh, there are some of the people who, you said three, four women earlier. Yeah. Who are some of these people? Can you name some? See, I am an upfront guy. I don't, see, I will tell you what. Recently, I, when I wrote about Naxal issue, then uh, this advocate of Naxal issue, uh, Kavita Krishnan, she came after my life. Then Shalya Rashid, who was uh, president of uh, JNU Students Union. And these two, three uh, ladies, I actually in a very humorous way and without meaning anything, I call uh, Latians women's uh, WhatsApp group. <laughs> because I get a feeling, one Kavita Krishnan says something and all these five, ten women, they come after my life and they say they are leftists. Okay, if they are they're leftists or rightists, doesn't matter when 56 people's bodies is cut open and... But Kavita, is a, Kavita Krishnan is a Naxalite. Of course, she's an urban Naxal. She's an urban Naxal. She doesn't go to villages. And you know, I have seen her outright lying. Outright lying. I mean, and also very vicious kind of, uh, not a dignified opponent. I like uh, debating with dignified opponents who are, you, you, there is some flexibility, there's give and take, and there's nothing personal viciousness. It's yeah. just that you ideologically, maybe you disagree with each other, but you can also be decent to each other and you respect each other. I don't see that. I see a meanness. I totally, uh, I would second that because I don't know them personally, but I know them social media. Uh, they, what they try to do is they'll, disc I'll, I know their strategy. First, they'll discredit you. They'll try to ridicule you. Then they'll, all these, they're, they have a very strong network. See how leftists work. They're very strong network. All these people will come after you. And slowly, they will shift the goalpost. And I don't know it's happened with you, but almost everybody, then they will convert it into man versus woman uh, argument. Right. In a man versus uh, woman argument on social media, whatever you say, all they will gang up and they'll make you look like that you're anti-woman person because they have no logic, they have no rationale why they are doing. Actually, they are a disgrace to the women's cause of because course. women are very intelligent. See, I worked in my corporate life and in my technology entrepreneurship in the U.S., which is more than 50% women. 
and they're highly accomplished. They yeah. are the bosses. Most of the when I when I was a when I became a management consultant, most of my clients were women. So you know, I have a tremendous respect for very accomplished women. My mother, who is now 92, uh, is an M is a doctor. So she's a very assertive uh, woman. We, we were I was raised in a home with women being empowered. Mm. Her mother, who lived to be a hundred, was a freedom fighter, mm. exceedingly strong uh, person. Mm. So it's not that we uh, we don't have. Oh, uh, we're not, I mean, the point is that <coughs> you know they have stereotyped this space, yeah, uh, and and kind of uh, feminized causes which have nothing to do. No, but at that level, at feminism level, I had with Kavita Krishnan and her ilk, I have a very big fight with them and it's an ideological intellectual fight. So anybody you see who, who understands Hinduism will always look at a woman as Shakti. Yes. But these people, they want to create a narrative that woman is Sati. Mm. And that's where my conflict with these feminists and all these people is. I think they have damaged the cause of feminism more in India than strengthening this it. This victimhood business. Yeah, victimhood and also another thing is they do not want the strength of Hinduism to come mm. uh, because the minute you say that we respect women and we have respected there was a statue of Saraswati which was given to uh, my parents when I was a little child and I grew up watching that Saraswati's uh, statue she had no clothes on Saraswati, she had a very sheer just a sheer, what you call a chunni kind of a thing, but almost transparent, no clothes on her. My father was a great Vedic Sanskrit scholar. When I grew up, I asked him, she's a Devi, how come she has nothing on her? He said, because she represents wisdom, knowledge, all those things. She has to be transparent. Mm. Very now, good. That's a Hindu thought. Yeah. And if you see, Saraswati has always been depicted like that, transparent, yes. very less clothes. Right. Now, they in JNU what is happening. What they are trying to do is that all these metaphors which very beautifully have been used by Hindu philosophers, they are trying to discredit them. Yes, yes. Right? Dis distort them, yeah. give them a different meaning, twist them around. Yeah. And for them Hinduism begins when the Islamic invasion happened. Right. So they pick up Hindu history from an Islamic invasion. Sati, uh, Parda, uh, Ghungat, Dahej, all these things they pick up the negatives and that's where I think Kavita Krishnan kind of people have done more damage to feminism, uh, mm -hmm. feminist cause. Look yeah. at our mothers. For last one month I am traveling everywhere in US and I ask all these Facebook, Google, wherever I go I ask these people that what is the reason that you are respected wherever you go, you go in the world, Indian boys and girls. I said where are these values coming from? These values are coming from your mother. Right. Right. Give her some credit. Right. This woman has sacrificed everything and she has built these living, walking people who represent great values of sacrifice, compassion, adjustment, uh, acceptance. And that's why you see wherever you go, people respect Indians. Mm. Yeah. So, but they won't like to give credit to mothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, this is a sellout to the Western model. Oh, yeah. This is what it is. So what what are uh, the Kavita Krishnan type people doing now? Uh, as Naxalites, what's their project? What they are trying to do is, somewhere, uh, because people like me, we raised a lot of voice through the film, people started writing. What? So people have started looking at Naxal problem as a genuine problem. The, I'm talking about common citizens. What they have, they said, they, they thought they're losing the battle, the battle of narrative. So they have 
they are trying to equate it with Kashmir problem. You know what will happen with the Kashmir problem? The Nexel issue will come in the limelight. All the Western media will say, "Aha, there is something like Kashmir. Let's pick it up," and they will make it slowly into a Hindu versus Nexel uh, uh, Adivasi problem. Their strategy is to create a Islamic Dalit corridor. Right. You know, create. Uh, break Dalits away from Hindus. Dalits are Hindus. Islamic Maoist. Islamic Maoist. That's what they're trying to create. I was talking to I.G. Kaluri. Hmm. If you go to Bastar area, he is the real hero. When he was there for two, three years as I.G., he's a guy who doesn't wait for anybody. He takes his gun. He runs after Naxals, and he has done some amazing things. All these women came after him. And it's a very interesting story. See how narratives are created. Uh, these Nalini Sundar, you know, Nandini yeah, Sundar. Yeah, yeah. She's married to this Western journalist. Right. And they find they've been uh, so she's been charged with murder charges. She has got murder charges against her, and all due to uh, I.G. Kaluri because he was not scared of these English-speaking women coming from Latians and doing that. So he told me so much of Chinese money is coming from one side. And lot of Islamic uh, funding is coming from one side, mm. and both of both these fundings come and merge somewhere. Mm. So they are trying to create a Islamic block right. outside of Kashmir. Mm. And what can be a better place than Bastar, which is disturbed? Right. So you shift the entire narrative because a failed narrative. Now people mm. say your people, uh, all the activists, your Naxals kill innocent people. So they are not fighting for any cause. So what they will do is they'll say like Kashmir. If you saw recently, they are saying, "Why don't you use pallet guns everywhere else?" You don't have to use pallet guns because the, the forces are using real guns. Right, right, right. Right. So that is what they are trying to create a narrative at international level that, like Kashmir, human rights have yeah. been violated. So yeah. let me just tell you, this book, Breaking India, yeah. discusses this whole thing. Hmm. The Breaking India has three foreign interventions. Hmm. There is the the Christian uh, uh, Aryan Dravidian yeah. divide, very strong in the south. Uh, Naga land, a few places like that, converting yeah. them and changing their loyalty. Their narrative becomes a Western narrative, and India has harmed them. That yeah. kind of a thing. Yeah. That your you are poor because your ancestors were, uh, you know, oppressed by other Indians. Yeah. Uh, could be the Aryans oppressed you, whatever. Then there is the Islamic narrative the, that is comes from Pakistan, the ISI, now ISIS, and all these people. Kashmir is not the only place; it's only one, it's only the hottest place for that. Mm. Then there is the Maoist narrative. China is f funding that, mm. and, and I've talked about it here: funding uh, in uh, Nepal, funding in Bhutan, funding in the northern belt of India. Mm. So how these come together is explained here. Which year did you write this? This well, the book came out in 2011. But yeah. this this narrative I've written uh, presented uh, like Indian Institute of Science. I presented this narrative about Breaking India in 2001. Imagine so I, I've been writing about this for 15, 16 years. Blogs about it, lectures about it, and so on. Now, what so you I've, saw it in 2001. Yes, because I saw I the the this map of Breaking India yeah. uh, is was in the uh, office of a professor mm. uh, who came from India. And very nicely told me that uh, he's part of this Afro Dalit project, and he's going to India to explain to them that they are the the Dalits are really the Africans, and the non Dalits are the whites who have oppressed them and made slaves out of them. That was his narrative. Why he's mm, going to India mm, mm. under uh, under human empowerment, youth empowerment, all these NGOs. Huh. So from there, I started tracking. I started tracking where the money goes, and he gave me a lot of leads. He was very innocent fellow. Yeah. He gave me a lot of leads about who funds what. 
Hmm. So I looked at all their projects. Uh, then I started looking at the Kashmir separatist projects here in the United States, hmm. Khalistani projects here in the United States and Canada. And I've started tracking their uh, flow of money, flow of ideology, and how, how they take young Indians who are ideologically leftists and give them a kind of, a, a, you know, hatred for the ancestry hmm. uh, and hatred for India and the Hindu faith. Hmm. Uh, and then they get trained. So this whole hmm. business of channeling some of them into Maoism and Naxalites, some of them become Muslim radicals, some of yeah. them become Christian type people, they have a common enemy. The common enemy is India, Bharat, Hinduism. That is a common enemy and here breaking India is like, you know, many predators eating the elephant little bit by little bit. Hmm. Uh, somebody, you can't just swallow this big elephant. Yeah, 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 so yeah. somebody catches hold of this part, somebody catches hold of that part. Ultimately, if they were to succeed in getting killed this elephant, if they were to, hmm. then they'll fight each other. Yeah. yeah. This is the strange thing. Yeah. You know, the story yeah. of civilization. So I look at the whole history of civilizations. Yeah. Why this Middle East problem? Or why is there a clash of civilizations between Islam and Christianity hmm. and Islam and Judaism? Because the, before these people came, they were the so-called pagans. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah, they were for a long time. Yeah. So at first they had enough enough turf to eat those guys. Hmm. So the Muslims eating the the pre-Islamic people who were very Vedic-like in some ways. Hmm. Um, the Christians doing it and the uh, you know so they were all doing it in different territories. Hmm. But once they finished those guys off, then they had to go after each other. Hmm. This is what happens to predators. When all the food supply is gone, then the predators kill each other. Hmm. So the clash of civilizations could happen in India. The whole clash of all these global nexuses can, yeah. can happen in India. Right now they are in a collaboration against a common enemy. They have not faced the facts. The Chinese are playing Islam yeah. against us. Yeah. 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 But yeah. they have not. Uh, one one day will come when they will. Yeah. They'll have to they, fight. Yeah. They uh, fight, the, yeah. These same Muslims will be after the Chinese own uh, blood. Yeah. So, but you see, that's very long term. For the current career of the the next 30, 40, 50 years, they can enjoy mm. getting the 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 Muslims to do the gunda work, yeah. the dirty work against India. Absolutely, see. Uh, so this yeah. access, this nexus of uh, a Chinese-funded Maoists is very dangerous, yeah. and this uh, nexus of the uh, Pakistani uh, uh, Kashmir separatist-funded uh, you know people in Kashmir is very dangerous, and the nexus of uh, uh, Christian radicals funding various separatist groups in India is very dangerous and these are working together. Of course and see initially they were aligned with LTT for training and a uh, lot of things then LTT uh, vanished and they where would you get the training from? You can't go to Indian army and get trained. So all these people I have reasons to believe I, uh, I mean I'm not an author like you and great thinker but I've just written a book called Invisible Enemies. And I have a belief, I have reasons to believe that India's enemies, Hinduism's enemies are inside India. Yes. They are not outside India. Yes. Because how will Chinese money and Islamic money comes from this side, Chinese comes and they are creating a corridor which runs from Kashmir and it, earlier this corridor was going from uh, Kashmir up to Bangladesh, right, travelling over uh, uh, UP via Nepal border. See, it's a very big geographical shift, Rajiv ji. It's a very recent phenomena. Now that corridor is, they are trying to move it via Bastar. Madhya Pradesh. Madhya, Chhattisgarh. 
So why are that red corridor and Jharkhand, Odisha and like that? And the money is filtering from both the sides. But who is facilitating it? NGOs. Mm. NGOs are run by people, uh, you named Kavita Krishna and all these. They are always, you say anything against NGO, why do they come and start uh, discrediting you? Right, right, right. What is the reason? Why should she troll me? That's a whole industry that feeds these people. Of course, of course. Yeah. So you see, this is the, the whole NGO world was uh, seeded by Ford Foundation and others yeah, like them. Yeah. So they've created this thing over the last 50 years, put in billions of dollars uh, in order to kind of undermine India, make it vulnerable. Uh, and now, you know, now these uh, these uh, foreign powers can say, okay, we can make you successful, we can give you investments, uh, you want uh, American investments, you want Chinese investments, you want Arab investments. Yeah. So with one hand, we can make you happy by giving you investments, but on the sly, we also have our NGOs to keep you on check. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a very dangerous thing. Yeah. The good cop, the bad cop. Ap yeah. The Samadhan. And the then the bhed dand bhed. So one hand is this we doing uh, that yeah. we make investment we are our friends. Ye wo bhot achhe aap log ham aapse milenge hmm. baatchit karenge. Hmm. Yeah. Dusri taraf se dhire dhire through this NGO route and so on bhed dand kabi ham tayar kar rahe hain. Hmm. So this is something our people. I have spent my most of my adult life fighting this and making researching this and making our people aware of it. I think now there is a good solid number of people in India who understand this game. Oh yeah, I am and. Outside India also, people have started seeing through that these people have an agenda and they have a strategy. Mark my words, I am telling you, in next four or five years, we'll definitely get to know that their only objective is to keep this narrative. And for that, they are going to extort. See, if you don't have the control over information today, you can't extort. This is modern extortion. And that's why you'll find their people, their friends, incompetent people they end up getting jobs with writing jobs with new york times washington post because they are projected like that they are so much of native talent it, they it's never easier got a it's easier to control uh, and mobilize people who are stupid or mediocre <laughs> because you know they for them there's greater value of being considered important you give give them some bhav the the price to buy them out is less Look at all the institutions, all the research institutions, all the policy making institutions, universities, the media, Kala Academy, Lalit Kala Academy, this academy and all. Who are the people sitting over there? All these people believe in leftist ideology. Where I never hear anybody even tell me Bharat Kala Niketan or Indian Kala Niketan. It should, it's an Indian body which should promote Indian arts. They do. But I have never ever seen them talking against uh, leftist. See, Indian Council of Cultural Relations, which is part of Ministry of External Affairs, yeah. I know them very well. They, yeah. they run the Nehru centers and things like yeah, that. Yeah. It's a huge deal for them to invite a person like me. Because, because uh, they are so scared also. Have you ever been invited by uh, uh, Kala Academy no. or uh, all never. these people? Never. Any Nehru Foundation? Never. No, so right. No. So Nehru foundations, all the Nehru things are primarily for all those people who try to protect, I'm sorry taking name, Mrs. Sonia Gandhi and that entire clan, they are like, they work like and the security new government, guards, and intellectual the new, security yeah, guards. Yeah, and the new government has not done enough to dismantle that. And, and, yeah. and in some cases, the new government has put in people who are also not that great. You know, like for instance, after uh, the, the new government took over, ICCR, uh, recognized and awarded Rashtrapati Bhavan, one of the Indologists whom I know very well, whose name, whose work I've quoted in the, my book Indra's Net. 
he's one of those guys totally anti-Hindu, using his knowledge of Sanskrit, bringing it down. These kind of people have been honored. So uh, the the whole government machinery is still wired and staffed and manned according to the old ideology. Yeah, and I think one you are absolutely agree. Where I think what the new government or the new politics, what they are not understanding, that if you really believe in, see everybody says Hindutva. I don't understand what's Hindutva. I understand Vedanta. I understand Indic cause. I understand Hindu philosophy in India, Hindu culture. If you really want to promote it, if you really want to make India a proud Hindu nation, you have to bring Hindu thinkers, yes, Hindu intellectuals, right. people who have contributed, sacrificed everything for that cause, not somebody who believes in Tika and who says I am a Hindu, I am a and Hindu. And big bombastic statements with yeah, no big, substance. Yeah, right. So people like you and lot of there are lot of genuine Hindu thinkers. You have to bring them out. I call them modern Hindu rishis. What you have been doing for the cause? It's I call it like you are a rishi. So 50 years from now, 100 years from now, it's all rishidom, you know. <laughs> so yeah, you are right. So so since we uh, uh, recently the Supreme Court made this uh, uh, ruling on triple talaq, yeah. I wanted to know your views on it. What do you think of it? Because you know, a <coughs> lot of the mainstream media are actually criticizing this ruling. Uh, they as if uh, the triple talaq was good. Uh, and, and ironically, people like uh, this Kavita Krishnan and others, uh, while, while wanting to champion progressiveness, women's progressiveness mm. and so on, mm. are stuck on this. Uh, it's, very it's a contradiction. This itself, we'll talk about triple talaq, but this itself proves that there is an Islamic and Naxal connection somewhere. Yes. Okay, they come in defense of these barbarians called Naxals. They come in defense of these Islamic fundamentalists because all the Islamic money comes from fundamentalism. Mm. Okay, progressive liberal Muslims are not giving money. It's not coming from there. Now, what the problem with Kavita? In fact, why Kavita, Sagrika, Barkha, Kavita, all of them, all these women and journalists, you see somebody has compiled all these tweets. It's like same tweet. Just they change couple of words here and there and they just start. So I call them Latians WhatsApp group and they send one thing on WhatsApp, everybody starts tweeting. So I don't look at triple talaq as a Muslim issue. I look at it more as a women's issue. Mm. And I was expecting that all these women who have been fighting, championing women's cause in India, they should have come out and welcomed it. But it happened differently. The entire script played differently and they started questioning if it is happening then why not Hindus? Why not Hindus? It's a very irrelevant question to ask. I feel the same way. I feel that, uh, you know, Hinduism has gone through many upgradings, reforms, modernizations in the last 150 years, you know, yeah. Vivekananda and, uh, uh, you know, all sorts of Gandhi, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, various Gowalkar, various yeah. Yeah. Uh, people have championed changes from within. Uh, not uh, imposed by outsiders, but from within. And so this is part of the idea that Smritis can keep evolving. Mm. Shruti stays the same. It is not a violation that Smritis have to adapt for the yeah. time. Yeah. Smriti takes the same eternal principles and applies it to a given context. And the context keeps changing. So we evolve. Now, I've written a book, where, uh, Being Different, where I describe in the Abrahamic religions, they have such a fixation with history. Mm. That they, the, what happened once in history to a god said something is so fixed forever. Mm. Uh, there is no idea of a smriti that can keep changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there, I, I use the term history centric. 
Hmm. They are history centric, obsessed with history. Hmm. So you cannot modify. And therefore, therefore, uh, and a modification is considered some kind of a blasphemy. So, you know, they're, they're stuck with old, archaic social policies, political policies, cultural policies, and changing them requires bloodshed, revolution. Yeah. When Christianity had a reformation, it took 200 years of violence in Europe, yeah. big civil wars in Europe. Yeah. Islam hasn't started that in a very serious way, but it needs to start that. So the, the changes, whether it is burqa, whether it, whatever these changes are that are needed for modern times, have to come from within Islamic leaders. Yeah. They have to start this. People, if genuinely care for women, if mm. Kavita Krishnan kind of, she, I, I, I assume she has become a metaphor here. So we are not talking about a person, but yeah. people. She's like sort her. of a, a role model for a certain type of people. Oh yeah, I agree with that. So now what they do is they champion women's cause on paper. When actually things happen, they start defeating the same cause. You know what kind of politics is this? Right, right, right. right. And you know, the, it would be wonderful if they were open to civilized, respectful debate, discussion, where we can disagree but not be hostile uh, and, and not sort of into these allegations and uh, you know, because they, they can get very dirty and, uh, you know, kind of uh, in terms of viciousness. And that, that's, I think, uh, very unintellectual. Uh, mob, fact, they, mob, you remember they were, they all of the, all these people without knowing the facts came against lynching. Right. Okay, they made India look like that every day and every corner of streets people are lynching others, especially Hindus are lynching Muslims. That's the narrative these people tried to create. And there are some people, some friends of yours here also in US who write for Indian cause, Indian people. Then people like Burka and all, they write for Washington Post. So, so there is an international nexus. There so is an international nexus. It was created nexus. as if Hindus are lynching. Right. But these people, see, if that is, that is physical lynching, okay? But what these people do is, they come and they mob lynch you on social media because media, today media has stopped reporting. Right. They report from Twitter or Facebook or social right. media. Right. They go early in the morning, see a trend, pick up a few things and they build news around that. And they are mob lynching. And I think your entire life's work, they will discredit in no time. Right. This has to be stopped. And right. I am going to fight till the last breath. I will not let this happen, this mob lynching. Well, good thing is that now, because of the internet, uh, we have social media. Yeah. I want to thank all of you because it's the followers that keep me going. I mean, that keeps me, gives me the confidence that it's not a hopeless cause to be fighting uphill against such heavy powers because these guys, uh, they're mostly young people uh, and they are very passionate about these causes. Uh, they keep advising me, informing me, protecting me, uh, fighting against some of these enemies. Uh, so I think we built, we're building an ecosystem more powerful than the left has. And you have an organic following. So you have a more organic people who believe in this cause and to find three million people in these days is uh, congratulations. And, and, and you know, I'm making them do things. I'm, I'm very angry at them if they just sit lazily. I demand that they have to perform, they have to become uh, intellectual kshatriyas, mm -hmm. which is not a caste term. It is any anybody of any varna, any jati who is intellectually fighting for the cause is an intellectual kshatriya. So well, we've started training. That's a good, good coining of... So term. we've uh, started uh, online uh, video-based education. Okay. So we have, uh, uh, we have, we've started an academy where we are offering online courses free of charge. Uh, so each, every couple of weeks, one concept of mind gets turned into a course. Okay, so wonderful. We, we have four of these so far, and by the end of the year, we'll, we hope to have a dozen of them. Next year, we want to have about 50 or 60. So we are, we are taking these ideas, publishing the heavy work 
heavy version in a book hmm. for serious people to read and publishing a more user-friendly, uh, doing it online, That's a, using video. I and this is, achha, I didn't know about this, but this is very inspiring and I think a lot of people should join these kind of things. See, we have to create our own narrative. Hmm. Where we lost the battle was, we never bothered about the narrative. Yes. Uh, because our entire culture is based on telling story from one person to another. That's right. how Vedas travel. That's right. how all our uh, great grunts like Mahabharat, Gita, everything traveled. <laughs> Whereas uh, Christians and in West especially, they cataloged everything. You know, they cataloged, yes, yes. they create, and they started building a narrative. And that's where, in India, if you see, if you go to a village, there is no definition of intellectual, mm. right? They go to an old man. They believe that old man is wiser mm. because he has seen a lot of life. He has heard lots of stories. So more stories you have collected over a period of life gives you that intellectuals, uh, this thing. Right. So people like you who have lots of stories, I think it's, you should use social media and use it for a cause. Mm. I Seriously, I agree. I don't need people who are saying, oh, wonderful job. I want them to act. They have to be volunteers of a cause. Correct. So, great stuff. Because, you know, when you, when you pressure people uh, to take action in their own name, then they embody the truth in their, in their life. They have to face the anger. They have to face the music and deal with it. Then they become pakka. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they're just tali bajakar, both great kaam kar rahe I tell him that's not oh, good that enough. That doesn't help. It's yeah. not good enough. That's just for beginners. Okay, for, for a while you can do that. But then what are you doing? That's mm. what uh, require, is required. So we are moving more and more people, a large number of people, thousands of people. Not yet lakhs, but I want to turn it into lakhs. But so far, thousands of people are moving into taking action. Okay. Writing, getting involved, making volunteering. We have several volunteer projects. Hmm. where people can sign up and become a volunteer for some project, hmm. some work that they will do. Uh, and so this is picking up and this is what's encouraging. No, that's wonderful and I think Indian stories need to come out. The genuine, real Indian stories. It's stories of today, of past and the future. I'll tell you one very interesting thing. That some time ago, I was talking to this, uh, in Delhi I was there and I was talking to a bunch of young kids in IIT and all uh, these places. They, the, the stories they consume on YouTube or on social media are Indian stories told by the Western uh, media, you know, and lost in translation in the process. And somewhere or the other, the whole purpose is defeated because that pride, that dignity which should come after listening to a story is not coming. Right, right. right. Therefore, it's very important that Indian scholars, Indian people, write about Indian stories. Right. I do not want this window shopping of Hinduism or India. I don't want this. They're dehydrated kind of a stories. Right. You know, they're right. not hydrated at all. Right, right, so right. I totally agree you're doing a great job. And I also started a foundation called I Am Buddha Foundation. Yes, you mentioned. Yeah, and this foundation basically is to discover native intelligence, native creativity, native talent. Very good. Yeah. Very good. So we'll work together. Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. And next time we'll have three of us. We'll be Palavi. Will also be here. Definitely. So please yeah. do tell her, Palavi, you 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 are supposed to be here, and uh, continue the great work, and we'll be in touch. Thank you. And you know, you. Uh, December. Uh, 22, 23, 24, we are doing a Swadeshi Indology conference in yeah. IIT Madras. 
The okay. theme is uh, to counter this north-south divide, the mm -hmm. Aryan-Dravidian divide. Yeah, it's important and, we do uh, it. And so we would like you to come. Oh, sure, I'll uh, come. I'll be delighted to come. You come, come and uh, give a talk and maybe show some film or something like that also. Okay. Uh, because we want, to, we want to unify Bharat. Mm. And so the, all this uh, negative scholarship that has come from the British time, that the South is Dravidian and the Aryans invaded them and whatnot is all rubbish. It is not Rajiji, backwards. let me ask you this. Is it a coincidence that you think of something and sitting in Bombay just some time later, I also think of something <laughs> like that? Are we connected? We are because connected. I've just made a, a short film called Muhammad and Urvashi. Okay. And I have picked up religious motives and beliefs from almost all religions and uh, from Hinduism. And I put them under Muhammad. You know, and at the same time, I have taken some motives from India Hindu Urvashi and I have tried to merge them. This film is winning, it's a short film, 15 minute film, it's winning lots of awards everywhere. But the idea was to bridge this gap, like you're saying, South and North. You know, similarly, I wanted to bridge this gap and say the Islam we practice in India is also a function of a lot of very strong Hindu beliefs, you know. So I'll, sh I'll present that film to you, I'll send you your One day we'll discuss this in more detail. Um, the issue with Islam is not Islam but Arabization. Yeah, I, uh, right, wonderful. Arabization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now the Persians have created uh, their own uh, separate Islam. The mm. Turks don't believe, the Turks find it very insulting. They are Muslims but they yeah. find they are very insulted if you say aren't you the same as Arabs. Yeah. They don't want anything to do with yeah. Arabs. So you know when I went to Turkey, uh, I had a lot of, wherever I travel I have a lot of discussions, deep kind of historical, philosophical. The Turks don't want to be mixed up as Arabs. Yeah, I know. They're saying, okay, we are all Muslim, but we have nothing to do with that. Uh, Iranians have, are at war, Shiite, Sunni, because of this Arab uh, and uh, Iranian issue. Mm -hmm. It is not an issue over their, you know, Quran or something like that. The issue is over uh, power. Mm -hmm. And uh, so the, uh, you know, so South, in, so the, the Indian subcontinent and East mm -hmm. of us, in, uh, all the way to Indonesia, is where the majority of Muslims are. Hmm. The Muslims in the Middle East are very few percentage-wise. Very yeah. few. They have yeah. a lot of land, yeah. but yeah. it's desert land, not very fertile yeah. and not high-density population. So the people, most Muslims have been very deeply influenced on the Indian soil, intellectual soil, yeah. Hindu soil. Yeah. And so I wonder why is it? Why do they lack confidence to take over and Indianize, Hinduize their Islam? Hmm. Uh, you see. Uh, this uh, business of Wahhabism that came from, uh, you know, mm. the Arabs and mm. versus Shiite also, you know. Yeah. The Indianized Islam could be a very different kind of an Islam. And we need I to, we so. need to, we need to counter the Arabization and Persianization and Turkish. Uh, the Mughals were Turkish people. Mm. So, the, uh, is a, a genuine tradition, a, a universal faith has nothing to do with, you know, the ethnicity of the... I, I personally believe that Sufism is, could have been Indian Islamic uh, practice, you know. The Sufism which was a mixture of lot of Indian detachment, you know, uh, uh, and sacrifice based on that and the real love, I think it's time for Sufism to come back into Islamic world of India. But you know, uh, regarding Sufism, and I'll do a separate episode I'm going to be doing on Sufism. The, the thing is that when there is an integration of two worldviews, two narratives, uh, it's important not to lose control to the other side. Yeah. So, the Sufism enjoyed a period when uh, it could have become, it could have brought 
Islam more into the Hinduism side. Yeah. Uh, what happened is many of the very important Sufi saints took it the other way. Hmm. So they, they took this as an opportunity to convert Hindus hmm. into Sufism and then bring them into bring Islam. Them to the other bring side. them into Islam. Yeah, yeah. So many Sufis worked hmm. with uh, many Sufis worked with uh, the Muslim leaders. Many okay. Sufis worked with Muslim leaders and they, they became the soft power of Islam. Got it. That you first go there and do a Qawwali and do all this you know, Sufi stuff and all that. The real, uh, the real turning point would be if the Sufi festival which is happening in Delhi mm. every year mm. and I know the Nawab who runs the Sufi foundation mm. and I uh, met him a few times and I, I've also offered this to him why don't you have the mosques do Sufi festivals mm. and he was very quiet, angry uh, because you know it's banned in the mosque. Yeah. So, so the thing is they have kept the radical Islam version that is practiced and this is sort of like you send these boys out to uh, uh, convert other people, but don't practice it at home. It is for export. Sufism became the export of Islam. Okay. Export variety of Islam. Hmm. problem You see, so the problem, the issue is if when the mosques become Sufi and the mosques become have a music allowed. Hmm. And women can dance and we can all go and dance and the non-Muslims can dance. There is no kafir concept anymore. Hmm. When you cross that threshold, then Islam will be different. And India is a place that could do that. India should take the lead in but for that, the reformation of Islam. No, then law and order, judiciary have to also. Recently, I spoke something about Azan. Okay, I have nothing. I I have no problems people praying and all that. But I said this Azan on loudspeakers is a very vulgar display of anybody's belief, whether yes. it's done in uh, Hindus or Sikhs or whatever. See, doing for a festival is another thing, but doing it every single day, 365 days of the year. As if God is deaf. They, they, I got fatwas and all those things. On television, one imam told me, you go and jump in the sea. You know? So, that kind of illogical, irrational, when world is moving towards artificial intelligence, I think that mindset, even the governments also have to play a role in that. Judiciary, triple talaq. Now, judiciary has come in, the, our uh, new prime minister, he has been talking uh, very aggressively, intensely about it. Similarly, people have to talk about it. Yes, and we need to move towards uniform civil code. I think it's going to happen. Uh, people are going to debate it out in two, three years. Chaliye, I'll just go out of this place and I'll tweet about Uniform Civil Code because, okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Make it. Make it a part of national uh, mainstream uh, conversation. Great. So wonderful to, as Thank always, you yeah. should make this a normal stop every time you come yeah. and uh, stay here. And yeah. when I'm in Delhi, we'll interact hmm. uh, and keep in touch. And, and I, always thought, I always thought, where do you get these ideas from? Now I realize when such wonderful chirping of birds is around you all the times, you cannot help but think so beautifully. Yeah, these chirping of birds is not some uh, sound effect we've added. <laughs> this is really a forest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is really a forest. Yeah, yeah. Thank so you. I'm very delighted that we could do this again and hope we'll do it again soon. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you. To help me, you can go to the subscribe button on my YouTube and subscribe. We need more subscribers there. Secondly, I get lots of emails on people saying, how do we donate? How can we help you? Uh, you go to rajimalhotra.com or you go to infinityfoundation.com and you can hit the donate button. If you're in a foreign country like in the US or somewhere, you can donate in dollars. There are different ways mentioned. 
if you want to donate in rupees there is a column called uh, infinity foundation india and you click that and there are instructions on how you can donate in india